Before we jump in, I do want to let you know this this is going to be some pretty hard stuff. I am discussing the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial. So there is no other content warning other than this. If you were easily triggered by the trial or by the aftermath or anybody's other discussion online, and it's a really sensitive topic, and I I want to be very tuned into this. So if if this is going to impact your mental health, if this is going to take away something from your current situation, please thank you so much for trying to tune into the, the episode. But I, I care more about your mental health than letting my voice be heard and upsetting you. I care about you and I care about your well-being and I'll see you next time. Hopefully it won't be such a deep topic, but it seems to be the theme around here. So thank you so much for tuning in. I love you. I'll I'll come back with something more lighthearted for the next time. So without further ado, let's just jump into the podcast. Hello. Good morning or evening or wherever you are. You have tuned into Coffee with Collins. I'm your host, Collins. Coffee with Collins is a weekly series where we discuss mental health, gender euphoria, and words of wisdom, all in the span of your morning cup of joe. We will dive into your internal struggles and often alarming self-awareness. This isn't the place for surface-level Bettys. No, this is where we start when we are ready to start. And honey, baby child, you can start anytime you'd like. So grab a mug, dress your coffee however you'd like, and let's start the morning off right. This is Coffee with Collins, and your session begins now. I do want to let you know, help is available, and you can speak with somebody today. I am going to have the hotline below for the National Domestic Violence Hotline. It is 24-7. They offer multiple languages. Uh, Their website says it's over 200 languages, so it's at 1-800-799-7233. You can also text START, S-T-A-R-T, to 88788. Again, if someone you know needs the National Domestic Violence Hotline, it is 1-800-799-7233. Hello, everyone. I hope that you're having a great week since we've last talked. I did do a podcast over on my YouTube channel for some reason. It did not upload to my um, Anchor account. Um, I'll have to go ahead and take a look to see why the file got corrected. I might just not have uh, (laughs) been able to convert the video format to audio, so I'm so sorry about that. It is a wrestling predictions. It is more lighthearted. It is 44 minutes, so if you do want to take a look at that, I will put the link down in the description below. It is my predictions for Double or Nothing. The pay-per-view is coming gone, so it doesn't really apply right now because the pay-per-view is already done. But I just want to let you know that my predictions, I only got two wrong. So if you want to hear any of that, if you want to go back and listen to it, kind of reminisce about the pay-per-view and see how you weighed in compared to my thoughts, that is over on YouTube um, thank you again. If you watch the video, I'm always so floored when I make YouTube videos because I only make them like once every couple of months because they take so much out of me. And I know that it seems rather easy, but if you've made YouTube videos or if you've done any sort of video work, you know the process and everything that goes into it. So, uh, thank you so much. I do want to shout out my patrons over at patreon.com slash I am sending out your Patreon-only gift this week. So I'll be messaging. If I don't have your address, um, I, have to, I have stuff to send you. And it's just sitting in my office waiting for me to send it out. So I'm going to send that out. Thank you so much to my patrons, Yops, Jan, Sam, L, Brendan, and Nacho Princess. Thank you so much. I love you very much. Thank you so much for continuing to support the podcast, even though sometimes my Patreon is a little dry. The podcast has been a little dry. I am just going through it, and I'm going to talk about it. 
Uh, remember, you can find everything over at coffeewithcollins.com. You can go ahead and follow us on social media over at Instagram at Coffee with Collins. You can follow my personal Instagram at Callsorgs. I am on TikTok at underscore queer auntie. We are over at Twitter at Callsorgs. Make sure that you're supporting your local podcasts. I am adding two more things over at the Teespring shop. So you can go over to Coffee with Collins. There is a link over there. There is a link in the description if you just want to go through that avenue. There really isn't any monetary gain from going through my website or anything. I just appreciate any support that you have given the podcast so far. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast this week. All right. So I was supposed to have a guest and I am currently on location. I'm not at home. I'm not in my mor- my studio. I'm not in my like little space that I have designated for myself. I was going to do an interview. I'm currently away dog sitting. And so I was really excited and I put it off until Sunday. Well, I was supposed to do it Friday evening, canceled. Was going to do it last night. Um, they no-showed. They texted me this morning. They were like, okay, I'll get on at 10 a.m. So I made sure that I was completely ready, realized that I left my headphones <laughs> at home. And I was really stoked to talk to this person and maybe I'll be able to talk to them soon. Um, It's just someone that has a little bit more legal expert into uh, what I'm talking about. Um, But unfortunately, they missed that call too. So maybe they're busy, maybe something's going on. And I I hope that Lindsay's okay. Um, wow, my voice cracked. That hasn't happened in a while, but um, I still got to press on. I still got to post this podcast um, because it's weighing heavily on my mind. That's right. You heard it already in the beginning. I'm talking about the Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard trial. I'm not really going to talk about really the trial in itself because how can you sum up 24 days of a trial in 30 minutes? But I did want to kind of talk about my feelings about it and kind of what I've seen on social media as a backlash from it. Because, I mean, we'll get into it, but it's been weird. Like, we're in a different dimension. And when I mean dimension, I mean multiverse. I mean something I haven't seen probably ever after a trial verdict, but, you know. Anyways, if that's something that you're interested in and you're, you want to hear a little bit of my side or my perspective, I do want to let you know I, I watched all 24 days. I watched everything. I started just watching the trial footage and it's not a, it wasn't as engaging. So I kind of started watching some of LawTube's streams. So it, my perspective is that of watching the actual trial, watching the actual facts, looking at the actual things. So when there were TikToks and other things, I, I didn't really pay a lot of attention, but I, I, I do want to talk about it. So if that's something you're into, why did I have a weird pause? If that's something you're into, let's jump right in. Gosh, it's like riding a bike, right? podcasting again after a while. Okay, let's jump into it. Okay, so in the light of this defamation trial, Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard, I was really thinking, and mostly to myself, what that means in light of everything, right? The Me Too movement has been brought up, Believing Women has been brought up, and even misogyny has been brought up. And I was really contemplating on what it means and what that concept means to believe all women. And I think it's a little bit more complicated, specifically in regards to domestic violence. I found some statistics that might be helpful before we jump in. From the NCADV, which is the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, they are a nonprofit. Uh, they did do their own research regarding domestic violence. So, on average, nearly 20 people per minute are physically abused by an intimate partner in the United States. During one year, this equates to about 10 million women and men. 
One in four women and one in nine men experience severe intimate partner physical violence, intimate partner contact sexual violence, or intimate partner stalking with impacts such as injury, fearfulness, post-traumatic stress disorder, use of victim service, contractions of STDs, etc. One in three women and one in four women have experienced some form of physical violence by an intimate partner. This includes a range of behaviors of slapping, shoving, pushing, and in some cases might not be considered domestic violence. One in seven women and one in 25 men have been injured by an intimate partner. One in 10 women have been raped by an intimate partner. Unfortunately, there doesn't seem to be data for male victims, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't happen to male victims. One in four women and one in seven men have been victims of severe physical violence, such as beating, burning, strangling by an intimate partner in their lifetime. One in seven women and one in 18 men have been stalked by an intimate partner during their lifetime to the point in which they felt very fearful or believed that they or someone close to them would be harmed or killed. On a typical day, there are more than 20,000 phone calls placed to the domestic violence hotline nationwide. The presence of guns in domestic violence situations increases the risk of homicide by 500%. Intimate partner violence accounts for 15% of all violent crimes. Women between the ages of 18 and 24 are most commonly abused by an intimate partner. 19% of domestic violence involves a weapon. Domestic victimization is correlated with a higher rate of depression and suicidal behavior. Only 34% of people who are injured by an intimate partner receive medical care for their injuries. Victims of intimate partner violence lose a total of 8 million days of work paid each year. The cost of intimate partner violence exceeds $8.3 billion per year. Between 21 and 60% of victims of intimate partner violence lose their jobs due to reasoning stemming from the abuse. Between 2003 and 20, nope, 2003 and 2008, 142 women were murdered in their workplace by their abuser. 78% of women killed in the workplace during that time frame. So that's 78% of women killed in the workplace were because of domestic violence. I apologize for reading that. Um, I'm starting to cry, so I'm sorry. There are state-by-state and further statistics if you are interested. These are funded by organizations and research facilities. They are pretty accurate, kind of almost up to the month by state-by-state statistics. It is important to go through them, to look at them, to see why we care, see why we give a fuck. It's important because there are people that aren't alive because of this. I want you to think about this as I'm talking about my view of the trial. Okay, so I've seen a lot of misconception about this trial, and I did want to talk about it. It is a defamation trial. It's a civil trial. People were getting it confused with it being actual crimes of abuse, but I I want to get that straight. But these are celebrities. These are millionaires. These are people that I don't relate to in any capacity. These are people that have access to medical care. These are people who have access to medication. These are people who have access to the latest technology, phones, airplanes. But they are powerful people in their own regard. I just want to keep that as a tone going into this because I'm not I'm not doing a TikTok. I'm not doing a video, I'm not doing anything. 
other than sharing my experience and kind of the dysphoria that I felt post-trial. I will be honest, I was really angry that people didn't see my side because I listened to Emily D. Baker, I listened to Legal Bites channel, I was listening to Lon Lumber on his little episodes that he was doing, the DUI guy on YouTube, and Runkle the Bailey. I was jumping into his live streams all the time because they were either there or they were physically live streaming the entire trial and giving their not side but legal um, experience rather. I do want to mention Emily D. Baker did shoot into notoriety. She has been on many syndicated television shows now post-trial just sharing her success. I've been following Emily D. Baker now for about two years. Right before the Tati trial, she was talking about the Free Britney movement. And when I was trying to do research for the Free Britney movement, I came across her, her podcast which at the time was, um, I, I can't remember if it was called Coffee and Cursey Words or if it was something else, um, but gosh, I can't even remember the name, but it has now been rebranded as The Emily Show. So she's kind of jumped out if you do want someone who has that legal background because she was um, a district attorney over in L.A., she does have that background. She's done cases like this before. She's a really good person to get insight from and to break down the legal jargon because I didn't know a lot of the legal jargon. I didn't really understand some of the things. I've kind of picked up things along the way. But I dedicated six weeks to this trial. I dedicated a lot of my free time, a lot of the time that... You know, I, I listened to the trial like a podcast and I listened to some of the live streams almost exclusively for the last three weeks. And it it kind of brought a community in an aspect. I know that that sounds really terrible to showcase and, you know, kind of make a community out of really painful things that happened. But if if we kind of remove ourselves from it, having this experience with people and going through and learning things with a community is really the only thing that I personally could have done. I would have just sat and cried the entire time and got into a really dark place. And this personally helped me. And I don't think that anyone should shame anyone for that. I do want to talk about kind of what this trial was set up. It was six weeks with a week break because the sitting judge had a conference that they had to go to, a mandatory conference. But it was a defamation trial that started April 11th and the jury decided it um, on June 1st. So Johnny Depp, John C. Depp II, sued Amber Heard, his ex-wife, for defamation. He did claim $50 million in damages, saying that her op-ed was the reason that he lost Pirates 6. I haven't seen Pirates 5. I heard that it wasn't as great as the first four movies, so I haven't watched it yet. I would love to watch it. Pirates 5 is a little bit um, iffy to me because that is during the Australia incident where Johnny Depp did lose the tip of his finger and they had to pause filming for a long time. But um, Johnny Depp was suing Amber Heard for a loss of income and Amber Heard did a counterclaim against Johnny Depp for a hundred million in damages. And it was interesting seeing in the trial, both of their sides kind of justify why we did 50 million, why we did a hundred million. 
And it was kind of towards the end of the trial and I might have gotten lost. But they were recounting experiences that they both claimed to have. And they were married between 2015 and 2017, but dated previously um, before that. Johnny Depp hadn't been married to um, a previous partner for a while. He was with his ex Vanessa for 12 years, I believe, and they never married. So Johnny Depp making this step towards marriage was weird for a lot of his fans. And text messages that did come out about him saying really vile things kind of made this case an easy win for Amber Heard. Now, we did see a lot of the fallout from the UK trial, a lot of those images, a lot of the text messages that came out, a lot of the audio files. But it was Johnny Depp suing the son in the UK. And the UK system is very different than the US system. We do allow more evidence that can be supported, especially with discovery. There's a lot a lot more that comes in because in the U.S. you are innocent until proven guilty. And in the, the U.K. you're basically guilty until proven innocent. So you have a lot, a lot more to, to defend. And they have a lot stricter rules on how you can bring evidence. And it's not that the court found that, I mean, I know that there are things saying that on 12 counts they found evidence of violence based on Amber Heard's testimony. But Johnny Depp's team wasn't able to bring any evidence because it wasn't supported for their qualifications in the UK. A lot of things, a lot of audio recordings, a lot of things that would help Johnny's side weren't allowed. And I don't know why that is. I'm not an expert There's probably other videos online that you can find. I'm not going to do that legwork for you, unfortunately. But that's kind of what we're leading up to this trial. Now, a lot of stuff didn't look good for Johnny Depp going into this. Uh, We know that Amber Heard did file a temporary restraining order or TRO, um, alleging that Johnny Depp had abused her. She submitted pictures to... TMZ and People Magazine, and it was kind of everywhere in 2016. And I remember at the time really being sad that this had come up against an actor that I had loved since I was a child. And it's always hard to believe that someone that you really love has done something so vile. And in December 2018, when Heard did publish the op-ed for the Washington Post, she didn't name him with the intimate partner violence. However, she did admit it during the trial, which I thought was so interesting that a lot of articles hadn't really brought that up because she did admit on the stand under oath that Johnny Depp was one of the people that she talked about in the op-ed. The op-ed stated that she spoke up against sexual violence and faced the culture's wrath. And a lot of people believed her because why would you put yourself out like that? Why, Why would you lie about that? So going into this trial, a lot of people had that in their brains of, well, we haven't really heard Johnny Depp say about her abusing. We hadn't really heard him say that he actually abused her. We just have Amber Heard's side of the story. And I know that Johnny Depp's lawyer, to which Amber Heard sued, did write in the Daily Mail that there was sexual violence hoax going on with Amber Heard against Johnny Depp. And that a lot of it was because of an incident at their penthouse where the police arrived 
didn't see any any evidence of intimate partner violence. They didn't see that the apartment was out of order. It just looked like Amber Heard was crying. And so they left. They they gave their card, but according to their testimony and body cam footage, there was nothing to show that there was any violence. And... It appears that somebody called the police again and Adam Waldman, who is Johnny Depp's lawyer in this article to the Daily Mail to which he got the counterclaim against, stated that her friends spilled wine in the penthouse and roughed the place up and got their story straight to defame Johnny Depp. And it wasn't that the whole thing was a hoax. It was specifically this allegation that was in the Daily Mail. So that is why Amber Heard did the counterclaim. It wasn't because, well, you abused me too, so I'm suing. It was, so you're suing me for defamation about this op-ed. I'm going to sue you because your lawyer said this thing about me in defamation. And if you're interested in pieces of the trial, what happened, the things that went on, there's so much information for you that you can go through and figure out for yourself. But like I mentioned that it was a six weeks trial. There was a jury. Um, let me take a look. The jury was comprised of, I believe, four men and two women. They were of all different lots of life, different ages, and ethnicities. Um, the Fairfax County, where the 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 case happened. Sorry, my brain went somewhere else. Uh, the reason why this was done in Fairfax County in Virginia is that is where the Washington Post headquarters is. They could have done it in California, yes, but with their anti-slap laws and protection of First Amendment you know, laws, it would have just been a wash for both. And Johnny Depp on the stand made it a point to say, no, this isn't for money. This is to clear my name. And I think the world was waiting. The world was waiting for Johnny Depp to share his story because he hadn't really had the opportunity in public this size with everybody watching to share his story. And it really is up to the person listening. Do you want to hear the story? Do you want to hear the side of someone with alleged abuse and a lot of people said yeah and I don't know if it's because Johnny Depp is so loved I know that people that have been um, accused of things that aren't as beloved have had this opportunity especially a celebrity I think the celebrity that comes to mind that i personally didn't care to hear their story was Kevin Spacey. I loved Kevin Spacey movies, but I didn't love him as a person. I thought maybe he, you know, I had an intuition that maybe he was a, an asshole. But then these allegations came out in public and maybe that's, maybe that's my demon to, to unpack of why I personally did not feel like I owed Kevin Spacey the time to listen to his side. Because I think in my brain I had already decided. But for some reason, millions wanted to listen to Johnny Depp's side. And the jury did listen to Johnny Depp's side. And they heard Amber Heard's side. And they did rule, 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 rule. <laughs> they did decide unanimously 
that two of the statements in Amber Heard's op-ed were false and they defamed Johnny Depp and they were made with actual malice. The jury did award Johnny Depp $10 million in compensatory damages and $5 million in punitive damages. However, Judge Penny did reduce to the punitive damages to $350,000 due to a limit imposed by Virginia state law. So when you're seeing these headlines of $15 million, you know, you know, whatever, it's actually a hundred or nope, it's ten million and three hundred and fifty thousand ten million dollar ten million three hundred and fifty thousand. My brain is seeing numbers and it's really hard to say that out loud because it doesn't compute to words. Um but it's not fifteen million, it's ten point almost four million dollars. However, the jury did find part of Amber Heard's counterclaim to be defamatory. The first and third statements that he made were not defamatory, but they did rule that his second statement regarding that her friends roughed up the penthouse was false. And I'm interested to hear how you could find all of Johnny Depp's all three counts and then rule the second count in Amber Heard's favor. I'm interested to see how the jury broke that down because in my brain, I kind of had, okay, Johnny Depp's going to get one count. Maybe Amber will get one, but maybe it would just wash. But I was really surprised with the outcome after I personally was presented all of the information. Now, Amber Heard was awarded $2 million in compensatory damages and zero in punitive damages. And I know that Amber Heard is intending to appeal the decision. So, now you kind of know the background of everything. But I kind of want to get into the dysphoria that I'm feeling personally and see where you land. Io called the cops. You told Io to call the cops. I did not call the cops and I did not give them any statement when they came. I've been trying to protect you. You told Io to call the cops. When? When? While it was happening? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry because the last time that it got crazy between us, I really did think I was going to lose my life and I thought you would do it on accident. And I told you that. I said, oh my God, I thought the first time. Amber, I, I lost a fucking finger, man. Come on. I had a fucking, I had a fucking, a mineral can, a jar, a can of mineral spirits thrown at my nose. I, I, you can please tell people that it was a fair fight and see what the, see what the jury and judge thinks. Tell the world, Johnny. Tell them Johnny Depp. I, Johnny Depp, man, I, I'm a victim too of domestic violence. And yes. I, you know, it's a fair fight. And see how many people... So I included this clip because this for me was the nail in the coffin for Amber Heard. For me, when I was presented with the evidence, this this provided to me what I needed to hear. Tell the world, Johnny. Tell the world, Johnny. See what a judge or jury thinks. Tell the world, I, Johnny Depp, a man, am a victim, too, of domestic violence. See how many people believe or side with you. I know that Amber Heard's team tried to use the First Amendment to protect Amber Heard's right to express her views in the op-ed. And after the compelling evidence and everything that I was personally presented with in this trial, I didn't really believe all of Amber Heard. And I completely believed Johnny Depp. And I I know that a lot of people are saying, well, this is misogyny. This is the end of the Me Too movement. This is the end of everything. 
I think there really isn't any absolutes. I don't think that we can say believe all women and not hold people accountable. I think it's important to believe women and I think it's important to bring believe men. I personally don't think that this is the end of the Me Too movement. And the Me Too movement really wasn't anything more than people finding space to share their stories and offering condolences and support for each other. And my conclusions of all of this is far too complex or formulaic to really present. If a woman shares that they've been abused, we believe them. Or if a man shares abuse, we believe them. I don't think it's that cut and dry anymore. It's important to believe people when they say and share their story that they were hurt and it's important to hear people. But I I feel like we would not be doing our society a justice or a service if we just believe women and don't believe men. We should believe our friends. We should believe our family when they say, I've been hurt But I think it is so easy to just say, believe all all victims, but truly not discuss when malice does happen. This trial did bring a huge wrench into that equation of believing all women. And you might not agree with me. And I don't think I'm really truly ready to have that discussion of people challenging me on my my views. Because I think that this really blew a lot of things. And I think I'm still recovering from it. Because we saw before us Johnny Depp, a celebrity, a millionaire, completely wrecked by someone's false accusations. And you saw before a jury her stories not aligning with the truth. Her friends didn't have the same stories. Things weren't correct. People were going upstairs and in Amber Heard's recollection, she was being chased downstairs or... This person threw something, but housekeepers and people that worked in buildings that weren't even employed by Johnny Depp said the opposite. And I know that a lot of people feel like, well, now when women claim abuse, they have to bring a bunch of evidence and that that. um that undoes a lot of the believing women aspect. But I think the thing that we're missing in this trial is that Amber Heard had access to a nurse, her own personal nurse. She had access to technology to document. But a lot of the times when she said certain abuse started, when Johnny Depp was inebriated that she took pictures of Johnny Depp with ice cream turned over or claimed it was vomit or took audio of him screaming in a private airplane. But she didn't document her physical injuries really until the end of her relationship with Johnny and the timeline of things and the metadata of images was really brought into question it seems that a lot of the images turned over which did you know that Amber Heard's side didn't turn over all their evidence and a lot of the evidence that they did turn over were corrupted files that's what the metadata guy brought up and he compared a lot of the images saying, you said this was on this date and you said this image was on this date, but they are the exact same picture overlapped. And she claimed 
injuries happened. But that day she went to an interview on The Late Late Show with James Corden. And swelling and a broken nose wasn't seen on national television with the bright lights and everything. And even one of her own people on her team, her assistant, claimed that Amber Heard stole her sexual assault allegation. And I understand that things can happen and that people cannot be believed. And by not believing Amber Heard, I'm completely dismantling the Me Too movement and everything that progress and I'm just whatever. And if that's a conclusion that you came with, I don't think that you listened to the podcast. But I think I don't know any of these people. I didn't have a bias going into it and I looked at the facts. And to me, I think that a lot of Amber Heard's trauma compounded in this relationship. I think that they were both incredibly toxic to each other. I believe that Johnny Depp was verbally abusive. And I believe that he probably caused a lot of things to cause her to react. I think that Johnny Depp's reactions were because of drugs and alcohol use. And I think that he was willing to admit that he fucked up. And he wanted to get sober. And he did get sober. But it is really difficult when presented with the actual facts. And so many people that were employed by them, medical professionals, even people at institutions, had completely different stories than Amber Heard and her sister and her best friend and people that she paid. I listened to everything. I listened every day for 24 days of this trial. Some days started at 6 a.m. and the courts ended at 4 p.m. I listened to countless podcasts. I listened to Johnny Depp. I listened to Amber Heard. I listened to all their friends, their family, police, witnesses, experts, former employees, everything. I listened to so much content that I started dreaming about it. I cried so much. I shared on Facebook um, something that happened to me. And why I think I was hyper-focused on this trial. Um, The guy that I dated after my first, like, real boyfriend was really great at first. He was really charismatic. I thought that he was perfect for me. I thought that he was it. I was 22. What the fuck did I know, you know? And during our relationship, he lost his job. And so he was really stressed out trying to find jobs. He would be on a job for two days and then come back and say it didn't fit him. And I was still trying to student teach. I was still trying to, you know, function as a person. Um, but I mean, dating is always difficult for me because I, I cling on pretty, pretty tight and I, I'm a little bit more cognitive of it now of how I acted before. So it might've come off as a power thing to them. I'm not sure, but I really only had experience dating a few guys. I didn't really have the experience of dating. I had the experience of, you know, doing other things, but I hadn't really reached that level of intimacy with a person. Um, This guy only wanted to be intimate. He didn't really want to talk. He just wanted to be intimate, which made me uncomfortable a lot. Especially because that was around the time that I was really battling my sexuality and um, my previous uh, partner was the only man that I've ever been with at that point. So this boyfriend told me how to act, how to be in public. He didn't want me to dress a certain way. And I just thought I was being honorable to him because that's kind of what the Bible says, you know. Um, 
he didn't really care that I had a job. He wanted me to come whenever, you know, I could. He would yell at me if I didn't answer my phone. But I just thought that was normal. Mostly because of the example that was led for me by my parents. My friends all said that there was something off about this guy. And I reassured them that he was just really safe. And, you know, it was like perfect for me because I'm so wild and so crazy. And, you know, he kind of brought me back to earth, kind of like humbled me a lot. Uh, One night when we went downtown Nyack to the bars, um, he swung at me. He was drunk. So I just chopped it up to he was drunk. Um, I got put him in the car, I drove, took him home, and he slept on the couch. And that was that. He apologized the next day, gave me flowers and all of that. A week later, we were supposed to go to the movie Skyfall, you know, the James Bond movie. And I forgot to pre-order the tickets online. And when we went to the movie, I was like, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. Uh, But the movie was sold out. And he kept telling me how fucking stupid I was and terrible I was because I didn't pre-order tickets. And I kept trying to reassure him. And uh, we were both off the next day because he had just found a job. And he was, like, so stressed out. And he told me that I ruined everything. Um, And we were just, like loudly fighting and I just felt my heart racing I I felt like I was crying I I just felt so hot and he swung at me he kind of like struggled and like pushed me and then like went to swing at me and I was just so stunned that it happened and I felt like this was all my fault and I felt so embarrassed that everyone was just looking at me and a security guard, I heard their footsteps come and they they witnessed everything that happened and they were yelling at him and getting in his face. And I was like, fuck, um, he's going to get arrested. And I was like trying to be like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. You know, it's whatever. But the security guard wouldn't let it go. And he said that, um, you know, I have the choice to file a police report. And I was like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But... The guy was so pissed that he just ran. He just ran away. And the security guard was like, do you want me to stay? And um, I said yes. And I just stayed with the security guard and I let him leave. I don't know how he got home because I drove. Because I always drove. Um, And I had that security guard after a few minutes walk me to my car. And... I sat in my car for so long and just cried. I just wanted to die. I was so embarrassed. I was so hurt and I blamed myself for everything. And we ended up um, not talking to each other for a few days. And I asked him to meet me at a coffee shop with my friend. And he was like, no, 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 let's meet at your place, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, we need to talk in public. And at Dunkin' Donuts, I let him have it. I told him everything. I was like, I can't believe that you did this. You embarrassed me. And this is not how I should be treated. And I didn't want to be another statistic. And he gaslighted me and said that that never happened. And like... Uh, We were just playing, blah, blah, blah. And I have no evidence that any of this happened. And I kind of started believing it. And my friend started sticking up for me and saying that my my mood and my demeanor changed. And that is enough to not be with a person. If I'm changing for worse, then he's got to go. And so he got up and left. Sorry, I need a drink water. I'm not sharing my story to glamorize abuse or just say that I'm so relatable or my opinion is my opinion because I'm also a victim of domestic violence. I'm not Johnny Depp. I'm not Amber Heard. 
I'm not anyone in this trial. But I was physically impacted by watching all of this unfold. And when I was going into the trial, I was of the mindset of believing all women. Amber, why would Amber Heard lie about all this? She's been the face of L'Oreal. She's been the face of ACLU. And she claimed that she um, donated her divorce settlement. Like, she could have walked away with $7 million. And instead, the, you know, she, she's been this beacon for all domestic violence victims. But Johnny got to share his story. And that's what he wanted to do. And Johnny showed that, yes, he was a really shitty husband and that he did write those texts and he was under the influence of drugs and he wasn't a great guy and he let his monster come out. But he was doing things that were self-inflicted. He was slamming cabinet doors and throwing plates and breaking lights because that is how he was taught. And that's not an excuse. And that is violent behavior. But after his accounts, his longtime friends' accounts, his... Former, um, I guess, doctors and nurses and people that worked on sets and his agents and police and expert witnesses and medical professionals and psychologists all say that Johnny Depp exhibited PTSD from his childhood, that he would run and hide when, when there was conflict. And Amber Heard exhibited the aggressor of, no, we will settle this now. No, we will solve this now. No, we are, we are going to fight this out because uh, if I don't fight, I, uh, what am I without? And showed just examples of abandonment issues. But see, Amber Heard had a pattern of behavior. Her pattern of behavior was everybody else is at fault. Everybody else hurt me. And even after this trial, she's saying, oh, it was my lawyer's fault that I lost all three counts. Oh, it's my lawyer's fault. It's it's the media's fault. It's Johnny Depp's fans. And Amber really has never accounted for the abuse that has been on audio on video, and other people's accounts. Johnny never said in an audio or in a text that he hit Amber. He said some really vile shit. I think the funniest thing that he said, it's not funny, but just so odd to me, was the um, lesbian camp counselor calling Amber lesbian camp counselor. But, I mean, he called her a jizz bucket and come dumpster and said that he would light her corpse on fire and fuck it and put it in a car. All things that are vile and nobody should say those things. And if you want to hold Johnny accountable for that and you want to paint him in a bad light for saying those things, that's fine. That's fair. Because he said that he said those things. But Amber Heard has not admitted anything when there's so much evidence saying that she hit him. And there's audio of her going, I didn't punch you, I hit you. There are pieces of Amber's testimony that I believed. But it was really strange and didn't really exhibit the same response of people that have actually been abused. And there are a lot of body language experts and a lot of psychologists I've seen things about comparing Amber to 
actual victims. And it was just off. And I could go piece by piece. But this trial was for defamation. Did either party defame each other? And the jury said both parties had. However, there was more defamation by Amber Heard to Johnny Depp. So now what? Do women just stop reporting abuse because abusers keep getting protected by the legal system? Do men have to be likable to be believed in civil court? Can men even be victims of domestic violence and still maintain their masculinity, their manhood? And I don't think it's easy to say yes or no. I think this trial really brought out the murkiness of everything and it it really muddied up what I thought was an absolute. But I think the strangest behavior was not really in this trial, but was the people watching it. The TikToks, the conspiracy theories. I mean, the internet, while it has been a gateway to really great things, has also been the gateway to a lot of really unhinged behavior that should be checked. Having Team Johnny, Team Amber, like, sh- like this for Team Johnny, share for Amber Heard, people going outside the courtroom just to show their support to Johnny. I'm Team Johnny. Look at all these merch things, shirt thing, like making it a spectacle when they are people and there are people that have stories very similar to this. I think that's weird as shit to be, oh, I'm Team Johnny. Well, I was Team Amber. And I think I tried my best to advocate for the truth during this trial. Things that I liked, commented, and shared were all, here's the evidence. And I'll be honest, I found some of those TikToks and memes funny. But if you step back a little bit from it, it's kind of really fucked up. A lot of it is fucked up. We should be able to live in a society where we can feel safe to speak up, where we can speak out and we can heal and we can change. I think that the Harvey Weinstein and the Epstein trial and everything there's just the surface of the malice that has happened but I think it's important to talk about and facilitate conversation and be a haven where we can talk about things like this and not feel judged and I feel like a lot of people's posts were pointed and be like, how can you even talk about the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial? How can you talk? How this has been blown out of proportion and how, like, we should be talking about it. We should be talking about court proceedings. We should have more access to the court. I think a lot of people don't know that you can actually go to any court, any court and just sit in it and listen to it. And I I think that there should be more access to courts. I think that every court should be televised. That's just my opinion. It should be done for education's sake. It should be done for the public to see and hear and experience. I have found so much joy in learning about legal shit. Things that I never had access to because I'm poor. And I cannot afford law school but this is the judicial system that we have and we need to know the laws that are in place and we need to understand the things that shape our culture and so I I don't get the shaming for being excited about this trial or watching this trial or being consumed by the media I don't understand why we're shaming it for knowledge's sake But I think making it um, a Team Johnny or a Team Amber or having it be like what I I assumed that 
is comparative to the Edward, the team Edward versus team Jacob with the Twilight series. That is so juvenile. And if I'm saying this and it's hurting your feelings, I'm really sorry and I don't mean to hurt your feelings, but I just felt like it was strange. But this trial did impact me. And the people that I'm friends with online who were ridiculing people for learning about this trial, for even watching the trial, for even being a person in like trying to learn about law. Oh, we shouldn't have a courtroom. We shouldn't have, we shouldn't, this is a private matter. That's your opinion. But I don't think it's the right opinion. I guess in my opinion. But I don't think it creates the space that you want it to. And I think that this whole trial is not cut and dry, A plus B equals C. I think the Me Too movement proved that a lot of people, women, men, non-binary, and anyone in between can be victims of violence. Because it looks different and it isn't easy or cookie cutter. But I'm not here to prove anyone's story right or wrong. I'm here to support my friends for speaking up. The Amber Heard story, I believed her pain. But when it goes to a court setting, it is important to tell the truth. And I don't think that Amber Heard told the truth. I believe Johnny Depp told the truth all of the gross parts as well. But this trial has nothing to do with who you interact with in a day-to-day basis. And it's not my job to be the judge, jury, or executioner when friends come out. I don't think that if a friend comes to you and says, hey, this abuse happened... For you to ask for evidence, show me pictures, show me texts, show me audios and videos, and if it doesn't exist, it never happened. Because you know. You have the gut instinct. You know if a person is lying. And you should trust that. And if you're wrong, it has nothing to do with you. Because we should believe our friends. We should believe our family. We should believe those in our community. And if you're skeptical about things, it is okay to ask questions. But don't be a fucking dick about it. You know? This this trial has nothing to do with your day-to-day life, but it did set a tone. And I think the jury came to that conclusion that it was a toxic relationship. It was sold to TMZ and expressed in a written op-ed. The jury's decision doesn't mean we don't believe men and we don't believe women. It isn't that simple. And it is a dark piece of humanity. However, I think that we do all need a little bit more compassion, myself included, And I I want to create this to be a safe space. And I hope that this trial and this podcast has kind of created that space. These are just my thoughts. These are just my opinions. And I hope if you ever have a podcast or if you do have a podcast and you want to share your opinion, I would be happy to listen to it. And I'm not posting this podcast to create an argument because I don't I I don't think that I'm at a mental capacity for arguing because I'm exhausted this trial took a lot out of me and took a lot of my patience but I came to the conclusion that hurt people do hurt people and how people react to that hurt says everything about who they are Now, if somebody came to me and said, hey, 
Collins, you hurt me. I think I would be defensive at first. I think it's reactionary to feel defensive. But it is important to listen and make space for healing. Unfortunately, we don't have time machines and we can't go back and undo things. But we can be better and we can push for better. I'm not saying that memes are bad. I'm not saying that SNL skits are bad because that's just pop culture and we can never stop that. But I want to challenge you as a person. What do you consume? What do you find funny? And how do you support your community, your friends, your family? Are you a safe person to talk to? Because honestly, I only want to personally surround myself with people who are safe. I only want to surround myself around people who I don't feel like I can't share everything because I know that they're going to tell everyone. Because that's a shitty way of, of existing. And I don't know if it's because of my ADHD, but I forget a lot of things. I think I have amnesia, that I forget what people tell me. But if part of your healing and part of your journey is to just say it, I am all ears. I just want to make sure that I'm in a mental place that I can hear it. But no one should ever weaponize your humanity. And that's what this defamation is about, weaponizing hurt and pain. And I think the Johnny Depp trial really showcased really dark pieces of our culture, of our humanity. But I hope that you can see some light in it and see how there are people that because of this trial have found space to share their stories. Because that's what we're here to, to do is to support our friends and if you're afraid, I mean, I'm afraid that I've ever supported someone that has caused hurt. I always want to be open to those conversations. Because everybody's hurt someone at some time, some more than others, and some should be held accountable for those things. But I think it's important to make spaces to be honest. And I want to be part of the solution rather than the problem. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this very long podcast about my feelings about the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial and the dysphoria around it. Remember, you can always support the podcast. Links are below. It feels weird to end the podcast in this regard, but just remember I love you very much and you are part of my community and you are part of my family. And I'm here. I'm your auntie. There's a lot of hurt in the world, but help is available. Remember, the National Domestic Violence Hotline is 1-800-799-7233. You can always text S-T-A-R-T to 88788. They provide confidential support that a friend might not be able to do or exhibit. We love you. We support you. And the dogs are going to bark. I guess this is how I sign off. Cheers.